Hello, I'm Jen Taylor, host of the Design Your Wedding Business Podcast. I am letting you know that I have created a great quiz that will help you figure out which of the eight CEOs you need to be working on and the tasks that would benefit you the most. I hope you hop down to the show notes, click the link and take the quiz. I promise it's a quick two minute quiz. And I can't wait to see what your feedback is. Thank you. Hey, I'm Jen Taylor, and you're listening to Design Your Wedding Business. As a wedding business coach, I've made it my mission to help creative entrepreneurs build streamlined workflows, processes, and procedures so they can grow their business and spend time on what they love the most, their craft, their family, and their lives. I understand how you feel, and I know it may not be fun to put in the work to build a well-oiled machine, but luckily for you, that's what I love to do. On this podcast, I'm teaching you how to take the stress and chaos out of your business, remove the guesswork, and discover a clear, profitable path to sustainable growth. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to the Design Your Business podcast. I am Jen Taylor, your host. So when I started this podcast almost a year ago, and by the time you listen to it, it will be over a year, I wanted to talk about business. I wanted to talk about things that business owners would want to know about. You know, the eight CEOs, those eight strategic areas of your business, a little bit of woo, a little bit of, you know, mindset and energy and how that affects us in in our business and our lives. And, you know, other things business owners need is how to manage their money. It's, you know, how we make it, we spend it, and we hope we have enough to retire and not have to do our business forever and not have to worry about a spouse or partner or somebody else taking care of us to be able to be financially independent as a business owner. Stephanie Jones is the CEO and owner of Stephanie Jones Wealth and is a financial advisor for one of Forbes' top 20 wealth management companies. Stephanie has helped others with financial advice and finances for over 17 years. She is passionate about working with women to improve their relationship with money, ease the fear of money management, and achieve their financial goals. She's earned her bachelor's degree at the University of Louisville and the master's in business administration with a finance and economic concentration from Keenan Flagger School Business School at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Stephanie is a military spouse and a mother of two. So when she's not working with others to improve their financial future or leading her oldest daughter's Girl Scout troop, you are likely to find her at a yoga class, running outdoor trails, cycling, or swimming. Stephanie often competes in triathlons, marathons, and adventure races. She and her husband, Chris, also enjoy scuba diving and snowboarding with their children any chance they get. Welcome, Stephanie. Stephanie, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. I'm so excited that you agreed and that you're here to chat about things that we don't want to talk about, which is money. So tell me a little bit more like how you started the business, why you started that kind of information, things that weren't in the bio. Yeah, sure. So thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. I started out in finance back in the mid-2000s and became a financial advisor and built my business 
really was motivated to get into finance by the fact that in college, I worked at a hospital and I had a 403B and I couldn't get anyone to explain to me why I was blindly putting money into an investment account that I didn't understand. And I didn't really, I would ask people, what, what is a mutual fund really? And they're like, I don't really know. It's like the market. And I'm like, what's the market? You know, and, and people just really couldn't ever explain it to me. So I thought it was so interesting that people are told they need to put money into these accounts. They don't understand what they are. They don't know how they work, but they do it anyway. And they just blindly put chunks of their money away for this anticipated event. They don't really know how much they need. They don't know when exactly they're going to use it. So to me, it just felt very muddy. And especially as a woman, I felt like when I would ask these questions to men, I would get an answer like they felt like I was stupid, honestly, for asking or they knew the answer, but they didn't want to dumb it down for me. Well, it turned out I don't think a lot of them know the answer either. So I wanted to become an expert and empower women to feel like they could ask these questions, that they could take control of their finances. And I feel like I can do that as a financial advisor in the role that I'm in. But I also realize there are a lot of women that are running their own businesses and they aren't going to walk into a big wirehouse or a money manager and feel comfortable saying, hey, I'm just starting my business. I'm not sure what to do. So I want to be a resource for those women. I want to be someone they feel like they can talk to and ask questions for. So that's really my motivation. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's awesome. That's awesome. So this is a part I don't like at all. So setting a budget that includes business and personal expenses. So when we're sitting down as, you know, most people, I think, have a fiscal year of January through December. So I'm not going to say that we're going to be sitting down, you know, but I'm sitting down now. I'm like, okay, I really have to tighten my purse strings. And that's something I don't like to do. So how can we do a budget and not feel like we're like cutting off our right arm? So basically, you want to be realistic about your spending, but you also want to make sure that your cash flow is appropriate for your business. I feel like that's one of the things that people get in the weeds about and making sure that you have enough money to really run your business. And of course, you know, you have to spend money to make money. We get that. But you also need to have some kind of profit or a goal for profit in the future. So just setting realistic goals and being willing to revisit those consistently and actually keep an eye on what your spending is doing, where you can curb spending, where you need to spend more marketing dollars, but just being organized and actually looking at it. I think what a lot of people do in business, clients that I talk to, they feel like they need to put all this money into their business. And then when they don't see revenue, they start to really freak out. And a lot of times they give up or they throw in the towel. But I think you have to also understand, too, that when you're budgeting, you have to remember that if you're keeping track of your expenses, you've got a good accounting software that's linked to your banks, you can write off so much of what you're spending to build your business that you have time to become profitable. So I think that's one thing that when people are looking at their budget that they miss as well is, you know, file your receipts keep track of every expense, everything that you're doing, and allow yourself to use the IRS to write those things off so you have time to make your business profitable. Yeah. Okay. Is there any uh, software that you recommend to your clients? I know um, and like a lot, my bookkeeper uses QuickBooks. I've used QuickBooks forever. Yeah. So is that the standard? QuickBooks is the standard. I mean, there are lots of others. For my business, I use QuickBooks. I found it to be the easiest and most easily translatable, especially when you're working with your CPA, they most likely are familiar with that software. So it, it just translates easier. Well, there's a question I should ask you. What's the difference? And this is not on the list of things. What is the difference between what you do 
and what a CPA does, because I think some people also get kind of confused or not sure what, you know, a financial advisor versus a CPA. So they go to the CPA thinking they're going to get some financial advice where they may get some, but where you are more in depth. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So really, you should have both. I mean, there are CPAs out there that do give investment advice. Typically, what I've seen is they give insurance advice. They'll have an insurance license, which is one of the easiest to get. But for me, as a financial advisor, I work with a client and I work with their CPA. So essentially what we do throughout the year is, especially if they're a good CPA that's really knowledgeable about just not filing your taxes, but also like looking for ways to, you know, cut your taxes and and help you find those benefits. Basically, I would be building your financial plan saying, these are the investments that I think are appropriate based on our goals. I reach out to your CPA and say, hey, where do we need some tax advantage this year? You know, how much are we looking at at write-offs? How many uh, thousands of dollars in gains are we looking at that I need to be offset with the financial advice and products that I give my client? And we work hand in hand to create a portfolio that is tax advantageous for you as well as profitable for you. So they have to go together and a really strong business has both. And those two people talk to each other. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. So you've talked about, you know, investment, retirement, like that big thing looming in the future that we don't know what it is and how much money we need. And, you know, can we ever retire? I mean, I'm dating this lovely man and he's like, I'm going to have to work forever because he owns his own business. And I'm like, you know, so what do we need? How do we understand and implement that kind of savings plan for for people that are self-employed? Yeah. So one of the um, advantages to being self-employed is that you have the ability to create um, either a SEP or simple IRA. If you have less than 100 employees, usually a SEP IRA um, is the most appropriate. And that just stands for Simplified Employee Pension. So essentially, the idea being that you don't have a company that's running a 401k and offering you a match. So you're not able to put you know $24,000 a year in that and get 3% back. So the IRS recognizing that says, hey, you can implement this simplified employee pension and we will allow you, say, for 2023 to put $66,000 of your income into that or 25% of your overall income, whichever is greater. And they will allow you to use that as a write-off on your business. So that's really important for someone who's looking for write-offs and has to create a nest egg because nobody else is going to do it for you. You don't have a company to buy into. That's really where you should be putting your extra dollars. And that, again, is the CPA financial advisor conversation. You know, hey, how much can we contribute to a SEP this year that's beneficial for the client and doesn't take too much money out of their pocket and skew that budget we're talking about? But also to run those those numbers saying, hey, if we put in this amount of money every year and you want to work for the next 20 years, what are we really looking at here? How much are you going to have? Could you retire? But that's going to be your number one vehicle as a business owner to save for retirement is going to be either a SEP or a simple IRA. And is there a time to do that? Should you do it right when you start a business or should it be something that is looked at, you know, working with you and a CPA going, okay, maybe you start implementing this in year five or year three, or is it just like, you know what, let's get one started now and 25% of your income goes into that every year and you're breaking that up into monthly payments or whatever. Yeah. So really in a perfect world, you would start that as soon as you have an EIN. 
And that's because compound interest is your friend. So even if it's $100 a month, you know, anything that you can put in is better than nothing. And even if you just put it into a mutual fund, you don't have an advisor, you don't really know, you know, what your business is going to look like. You're not sure you want to pay somebody for advice. You can honestly open a TD Ameritrade account, open a SEP IRA as long as you have an EIN and just put a little bit in there as you can. And then when you grow and you're working with a CPA, you can do an annual contribution. You can wait until you're filing your taxes and the CPA will say, hey, go ahead and put this much in your account. And that's what I see a lot with my clients. They'll come to me and say, they told me to give you $20,000 or whatever it is. So my, my late husband had that. And so he would just, at the end of the year or right before we file the taxes, he would send off money to, you know, to do that. And so he had all, you know, all that set us done where right. just like, well, I st- you know, I'm, I'm in that boat of all the other business owners. We're just like, yeah, <laughs> I've got a financial advice. I mean, and they're great. I, I love mine. And, but, you know, it's different. I mean, and a lot of this is business owner, but a lot of it is also widowhood for me, where you're just like, they don't tell you these things. And so you're just like, okay, I'm going to fly by the seat of my pants until somebody tells me and then we'll figure it out. Right, right. And that's another piece that, that I'm really passionate about, too, because as women, we likely will outlive our husbands or our spouses, wives, whatever it is. And, you know, you need to be prepared for the fact that you have longevity and you likely are going to be taking care of your family. So if you allow your partner to make all those financial decisions, you're setting yourself up to be in a place where you don't know what's going on, especially in a time when you don't really have the bandwidth to figure it out at that point. I knew what's going on. I don't I still didn't have the bandwidth. Right. Stop it. Like right now, I mean, I'm going into year four and I'm finally like, oh, okay, this is what's going on in the what whatever's. So you've got your setup, you've got your QuickBooks, you've got your you've got your budget, you've opened your SEP account. Now it's the fun things of tracking those expenses and the write-offs. So in QuickBooks, I'm sure, you know, like I do everything probably most of my business is done via my credit card. So all of that goes into QuickBooks for me. And then I have a lovely bookkeeper that does the work for me. But for people who are just starting out, what's the best way to then start tracking your write-offs and your expenses? So, you know, honestly, the way I do it is, like you said, have a designated business account. Don't try to run things out of your personal account and really try not to buy anything for your business out of your personal account because it just makes it very complicated. So have a separate card, whether it's a debit or credit or both. You know, having a credit card is great because you can start building credit history as your business, which will help you in the future if you need to, you know, take out loans or if you want to do brick and mortar or you just have a big project you're going to need assets for. But otherwise, basically just having your financial institutions, of course, linked to your QuickBooks. And then, yeah, having a good bookkeeper is pretty important. And you can find good bookkeepers, you know, virtual assistants that will help you do that. If that's not something you feel comfortable with, it's worth every penny to have someone help you manage that. And then to even get a CPA that even if you only meet with them once a year, but you know, those are the pieces that can make or break your business. And so those are the costs in your budget. I think it is so important to just carve out a little bit of money for. Yes, yes. And that was the first thing I outsourced was bookkeeping because I was not interested in doing that. And then after my husband passed away, I'm like, I'm not doing my taxes because he always did ours. And I'm like, no, I'm... I am not, I am, I'm not. So I have a great, and have reached out. And, you know, if you do have a financial advisor, reach out to them and say, who do you like to work with? Because that's what I did. I said, who do you suggest? We have a friend that does that. He just said I was not enough or I was too complicated. So I'm like, okay, fine. And so I went off to somebody else and he's been great with 
other things in, in the life of me, but they communicate. They know what's going on. You're like, you know, so that's a great way to have this and having that. And if you don't have, I mean, I'll go back to the old school. If you don't have a CPA and you don't have a bookkeeper or anything like that, Excel spreadsheets. I was getting ready to say Excel is your friend. Google Sheets if you don't have a Microsoft suite, you know, whatever you need to do. Google Sheets, you know, Excel, those, I mean, every month, every week, whatever, you set aside time to go through your count and say, okay, what's the expenses for this week? What's, you know, and then as a regular thing, you pass it on to somebody, you're like, oh my gosh, I just got all this time back. Yeah. So yeah. And I will, I will say too, you know, one of the big, the, the two big things that I see that entrepreneurs or, or small business owners when they're starting up, they do wrong is A, they intermingle their personal and business expenses and B, they don't pay themselves a wage. And that is something that you likely will need guidance on, but it's important that you do that because, you know, you, if you put all your money back into your business, you don't show profitable and, or you may show profitable and you don't want to show that. So for tax purposes, especially when you're getting started, it's important that you do those things. So having someone help you, they don't have to be, you know, anybody with a big firm, just somebody local, somebody that can help you just get started, but it's worth the money to do that. If somebody's coming to you, how much do you normal in their new business? How much do you tell them? to set aside for themselves to pay? It depends on their business. Yeah. I mean, it really does. It's It depends on the scale of your business, how much you're spending to your business off the ground. So that number is a percentage of that. Okay. Yeah. And it's really going to matter. So setting goals. I mean, we're sitting here going, okay, I am overwhelmed and I am just about ready to, you know, throw in the towel and go back to the corporate job, even though I know this is what I want to do. How do you set goals for your business and its financial growth? So for me, I actually started with an old school SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, you know, get a real clear understanding of what's going to help your business grow, where you're going to need help, where you're going to be able to do things on your own and create a plan for this is where I want to be in one month, three months, six months, nine months. So that part is really important. I think One thing that is important about starting your own business is to be realistic. You know, hey, I like to bake cookies. You know, okay, you like to bake cookies, but let's be realistic as far as a business. Like, have you done the market research to find out how is this going to be profitable? Are you marketable in your area? What's working for other people? Looking at your competition, you know, what are they doing? What's working? What's not? So those are all pieces I, I think when people are starting out to just be realistic as far as setting goals for your business of, you know, am I going to jump out the door and book 10 clients in the first month? Probably not, but maybe I can book one client. And then my three-month goal is to book two clients. I think, you know, it's important to just be realistic as far as, do I have the time to set aside for this? Is this a business that I feel confident I can run? Do I need help? Do I need coaching? You know, do I need somebody to show me the ropes? I know we have a mutual friend and one of the best businesses coaches I've met to help you kind of steer in the right direction. For instance, You know, I know a lot about finance, but when I first started out, I was like, how do I market? How do I talk to women that I know need what I have, but how do I reach them? You know, so financial goals being, I need to reach this person. What's the avenue to get there and getting the people in your pipeline to help you achieve those goals? Yeah. Is there anything else you want to impart to the listeners about finances, women in finance, women dealing with their businesses? What are some things that you want to impart to? So what I think is so important to remember is I feel like there's this 
mental block for women because we believe we can do all things. You know, we're mothers, we're wives, we're professionals, we're running businesses. And it's hard a lot of times for us to ask for help. And I think that money is one of those topics that we it's a necessary to live life, but we feel like we should just naturally know the answers to the questions that are bobbling around in our mind. Like it, it, and for me, at least getting into this business and the feedback I get from clients, you know, it's like, I should know that. So I don't want to ask the question, but at the end of the day, you actually shouldn't. Here's why I don't fix my car. I don't treat myself medically. I don't do any of those things because I don't spend every day learning that trade. And unless you spend every day following markets or you know, looking at analysis on trends and economic data, like you're just not going to know these things. And it's okay. You know, that is okay. It doesn't mean you're not smart. It doesn't mean you're not capable. And when you're starting a new business, your goal is to be good at what it is you're doing, whether it's a wedding event planning or making cookies or whatever it is, your focus should not be all on the money aspect side of it. You need to ask for help. And there's no shame in Because if you spend all of your time spinning your wheels, trying to learn something that you're going to have to do every day to be good at, it's going to take away from you accomplishing the goals that you have for your business and your family and the time you want to spend with them. So there's no stupid questions. If it's not me, find someone you feel comfortable opening up to and saying, hey, I know I should have, you know, better cash flow in my business and I should reduce my debt, but I really don't even know how to do that. Like, that's okay. And most people don't. And the people that tell you to do, maybe they do, but a lot of them don't. So, you know, just know your strengths, know your weaknesses. That's why I SWOT analysis is so great. You know, and if your weaknesses are things like financial money management or taxes, get someone to help you. And as women, we need to show our daughters, our friends that we can do this. We are the, you know, we are the ones that are, should be the decision makers. And the more we empower ourselves with knowledge and empower our friends and our families and our loved ones, the stronger we can be and the better we will all do. I mean, that's why that's why the podcast is here. I am here to get, you know, my my listeners connected to people like you. But also I also talk about the SWOT analysis for your entire business. And we go through those eight areas of your business and we do that analysis one on one where we talk about their business and say, what areas do you need help in? What areas do you have covered in all of that? So, yes, we're all of us women are here together to lift each other up and move each other forward. So that's right. I know. So exciting. Okay, this is a question I ask all of my listeners. What is your favorite piece of mindset advice? My favorite piece of mindset advice would be, oh, I would say prioritizing yourself first, actually, your own mental health first. And I say that because you know, building a business, running a family, all of those things are important and they can take all of your time. But taking care of your mental health and taking time for yourself and prioritizing you over all of those things is ensuring that all the things you're trying to do in your life personally and professionally will succeed. Because if you are not healthy and taking care of yourself, none of that will work either. That is correct. That is correct. So, where can my listeners find more about you? You can find me on Instagram, Stephanie Jones Wealth. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. And I will actually be guesting on a few other podcasts as well. So you can follow me there. If you have a niche, I'll be posting those on my website. 
But yeah, come follow me on Instagram. Send me a DM and I'd love to talk to you. Awesome. We'll have all the links in the show notes. And then I also see that you have a freebie to give away. And what is that? Yeah, so I'll be sending out a retirement checklist. That's a really nice piece to kind of just get you on track for what you're going to be doing as far as I need to plan. What does that exactly mean? What what do I need to start gathering? What questions should I be asking? So I will be sending that to you guys. Jen's going to send that out. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the show. I'm so, it's just a hard topic for me and I think for a lot of us. And so thank you for taking the time and being um, on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Design Your Wedding Business. If you love what you're learning each week, please let me know by leaving a rating and a review. And while you're there, don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on any new episodes. As always, you can head over to my website, jentaylorconsulting.com to check out all the links and resources from this episode in the show notes. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.